The Sports Walk is back. Watch season three of Backpack Broadcasting's original web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans. The first two seasons and current season are available now for viewing on the Sports Walk YouTube channel and Facebook page. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy. Just take the Sports Walk. From the Gotham Podcast Studio, episode 89, unbelievably already, of the Ain't Hard to Tell yeah. Podcast. We are moving on up. Dexter, Henry, Brian, Fonseca. Yeah. Uh, last couple episodes, we've always had a bunch of people around um, doing that. We had a lot of fun doing that stuff, but it's just us yeah. uh, for this episode, for episode 89. And uh, this is an episode that's going to be about uh, some shocking things <laughs> that happened around in the world of sports, I guess you could I say. I was going to say, I was going to say, are they really shocking? But yeah, no, one of them. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you might be right, right? I, I don't know what's shocking around the NBA anymore because something just always seems to pop up. And I feel like now we're all going to have these moments of where were you when this happened and what happened? Yeah, I was like with Kawhi, we established that I was taking a shower, shower? at 2 a.m. Yeah, and apparently <laughs> things happened to break when you were taking a shower. So d- were you taking a shower when the Russell Westbrook trade went down? No. Let me try to remember what I was doing. Oh, okay. Uh, me and my boy were watching Rick and Morty. That's, <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's actually not bad. Me and my boy were watching I, Rick and Morty, and I just looked down at my phone. I was like, oh, oh, snap, what? Not a bad thing to be doing watching Rick and Morty. I'm always fine with that. I was, at the time, wearing a Rick and Morty shirt, yeah. but I was at the movies. I was in the movie theater, and I was getting calls from a bunch of people, and I just <laughs> silenced it. And then, literally, when the movie was done, I looked at my phone, and I saw in the group chat, you guys are talking about the trade, yeah. and my boy had called me, and he's like, this is the craziest NBA offseason ever, and then I see Russell Westbrook's been traded to the Houston Rockets. It is the craziest offseason ever. It is. And Westbrook was traded to the Rockets uh, for Chris Paul. So mm. kind of two bad contracts swapped for each other. The well, return of Chris Paul to OKC. The return of Chris Paul to OKC, which I'm sure he is not happy about. Mm. I can guarantee you he's not happy about it, and I don't think he'll be there pretty long. Well, according to what a lot of people say, Chris Paul's never happy. So there's I that. think Chris Paul's happy. <laughs> so, But like, I wouldn't be. he's not happy about going to OKC. I mean, I wouldn't be either. You went from Houston to OKC? It's yeah. going to be me and, what, Steven Adams and Shea Gilgis Alexander? And Danilo Gallinari. Him and SGA, he's going to have to mentor SGA if he stays there now? Like, I don't know if they're going to. That's we'll, not a playoff team. We'll get, in, we'll get into that. And it probably wasn't a playoff team Before, with Russ either. Yeah. yeah. But we'll get into that in a second. So they got Chris Paul a swap, and also OKC gets protected first-round picks in 2024 and 2026 mm. and protected rights to swap picks in 2021 and 2025. Essentially... The Rockets, if you've been paying attention to them over the last couple of years, have traded everything. I mean, they went to 2026, which is the last first-round pick they could trade. Remember, you can only trade first-round picks seven years, up to seven years in advance. I, you just said you don't think that the OKC Thunder are any really better than they were before. Eh, I mean, They're look, they, team. they have a lot. I don't think they were before. We talked about that in the last po- well, preview two couple podcasts ago. Um I don't think the Rockets are that much better. See, than that's they that's were that's what I want to get into. Because I don't well, think that they are. OKC is at least setting them up for setting themselves up for like what seems to be maybe a smooth rebuild coming up, right? And Where the Rockets are setting themselves up for a second round exit. Yo, <laughs> it, it, at best, it's like with Daryl Morey. Uh, this is not really an analytically inclined move. <laughs> I think the analytics that Houston uses uh, pertain mostly to st- uh, not to stars but to role players, and then they mm-hmm. just want to get stars because you know the Rockets are linked to pretty much every star available. Much like the Miami Heat, who I think are thankful they didn't make this move because really, yeah, it's like it wouldn't. Pat Riley had said, according to Dan Lebatard, that they were very hesitant, very very hesitant, and they didn't want to get stars over thirty. Russell Westbrook is right there. Jimmy Butler, by the way, is almost right there. Yeah. But he's somebody who, at least of the four years left of that deal, Jimmy Butler is going to give you at least two really good years, maybe three, right? Jimmy Butler by himself isn't getting it done. What that tells, no. me, what that tells me from what if, if 
Riley said this to Levitard. I've no reason to not trust Levitard. Yeah. If Riley said that to Levitard, what that says to me is, I know exactly who they want to go after. Bradley Beal. Yo, I hope so. I hope so, because that would be fun to watch. The thing is, now you're talking about, oh, they're going to have to give a bam, Justice Winslow, Tyler Hero. You know what I mean? Because it's not – with Russell Westbrook, you could just do bad contracts. Drajic is, uh, is on an expiring. have to give up something. James Johnson is on an expiring, and there's somebody else whose name is escaping me that's uh, got – like Deion Waiters, you know, one of those guys. Um, with Bradley Beal, you're actually going to have to give up picks that you don't really have. I think some. I think I heard they can't trade a pick until like 2028. Not that they can't trade a pick until 2028, they but that's anything to give. That's the that's the yeah. soonest they can give up a pick because they've traded all their other picks and other deals, which leads me to Chris Paul, because that's something that's being rumored now. Yep. And I don't yep. really know, because <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get to uh, Houston in a second, but Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler together in Miami, I mean that'll be interesting. For the same reasons, a lot of the same reasons that I think Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler would have been interesting too. And with Chris Paul, his contract is not as bad because... Three years left. Yeah, as opposed to all four. four. And he's a more efficient player. He's not a better player overall he's more efficient at this right point, now. but he's more efficient, which matters. Which means he could be better I on enough nights. Can, you can't see Miami going after him. I can see it. No, I'm saying... Now, I'm not saying they should. Right, that's, that's, that's where I'm older, at. He's older. He's 34. And this, this is I am a CP3 fan. CP3 is one of my favorite point guards of all time. Um, but everybody keeps saying that people don't want to play with like Kendrick Perkins. I think just said this this morning. Like people just don't, people just don't like playing with him. I don't think, like dealing with him. I think, and for, this is something we've heard for years now. But I think that for CP3, he has, um, you know, he's very demanding. This is what people say. He's very demanding. Mm-hmm. I think he expects things done a very, uh, very high level. And I think that it's hard for, you know, certain people when they do things at a high level and they're looking at other people like, why can't you do this at a high level? I don't think every like everybody leads differently. And I don't know. At some point, you have to start looking at CP3 like, yo, I don't think he's the problem because I think the points that came out in the who was it? Uh, Vincent Goodwill that had the article about the beef between. Him and Harden and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some of the points that CP3 was making about that and they needed ball moving all this stuff. Oh, yeah. CP3 is right. Yeah, because you're not going to win playing that isolation heavy basketball. However, he wasn't going to win the fight against the better player in his prime right now in the organization in James Harden. If the, if the organization was going to side with somebody, they weren't going to trade James Harden. They were going to trade him. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. And it's like if James Harden is saying you're the problem – then they're going to listen to James Harden. I don't think Chris Paul was wrong, though. That's the thing. Chris Paul probably, I don't know Chris Paul. I've met Chris Paul. I worked on an interview with Chris Paul years ago yeah. uh, for another company. Seemed like a nice dude to me. This was back when he was with New Orleans. So this is ages hey, ago. A lot could have changed. Yeah. Because Kendrick Perkins did bring up that, did you see when the Clippers played the Rockets, how hard some of the Clipper players went at him? They said, he said there was legit animosity there. Kendrick oh, Berger said this on ESPN, I think, but there was there was bad blood between him and Austin Rivers, and he thought Austin Rivers didn't really work hard, and hey. because he was a, a father's son. You know what? First of all, I enjoyed all that, <laughs> as I know you did. <laughs> I Look, enjoyed all that. So sometimes you just got to get a little turned no, no, no. up. I like I like that. I like that from teams all the time. The players were going hard at him. I do remember that. I think it's a good point by Kendrick Perkins. But look, Chris Paul, his leadership style, if you kind, of, in my opinion, actually could probably fit well in Miami. Mm-hmm. And, and would work. I could see somebody like Jimmy Butler tolerating him well. I think they could be kindred spirits. I think so. <laughs> I just, you know, now, uh, well, or it could look. It's one of those situations where it's going to be really good or oh, really, bad. really bad. There's yeah. no in between because both of their personalities are pretty damn volatile, and they could either mesh perfectly or just start fighting from day one. I think they can mesh because the culture is around it. Uh, Pat Riley, Eric Spolcher, That's why, Butler, yes. They're about that. You come in, you work hard, you're going to have these long practices. We are going to play hard. That's how it's going to be. It wouldn't shock me if it worked. Chris Paul, I think, is about the discipline, the regimen, the organization of playing good basketball. Yeah. It might actually work. Now, what's work, though? Is work in the East getting to the second round? I don't think that team is getting, if you add Chris Paul, is getting that far beyond that. Well, here's the thing, though. Uh, depending on what they would give up, I don't know how much of summer league you've seen because I know you're a basketball junkie, so I know you've seen a good amount. 
but have you watched Tyler Hero? He looks all right, man. I know it's summer league. I, he looks all right. But I know it's the summer league, but he looks he looks legit, man. Yeah. Like I remember uh, watching him in not college, high school. Like his high school mixtapes were surfacing, so then I saw uh, uh, like a couple like games that were online or whatever. He, he's he's good. He could play. Yeah, he could play. Like you know what I mean? Like I know people people. You know, are kind of surprised by his athleticism for obvious reasons, but yeah. no, he could play. And he's then still, he looks like he's ready made for South Beach, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he looks like a dude that's like, yeah. yo, you you could just pull up on on South Beach and be like, oh yeah, he belongs. Yeah, here. and look, if they're able to keep Justice Winslow, who converted the point guard last year in the wake of Goran Dragic's injuries and played very well. You know, was a little bit of a stat sheet stuffer, kind of a triple-double threat because he would get those points, rebounds, assists, and still play good defensively and get better with his jump shot. That's something that I think is promising moving forward. And my boy, Bam Adebayo. Yeah, but they're not keeping all of them and getting Chris Paul. That's but, not happening. No, but I'm saying I, they're not trading Bam. They don't want to trade Bam, and they just signed Tyler Hero to his rookie deal. So I they're going to have to wait a month I for that. I think they could, maybe they could get away with some combo of Winslow, Winslow, Drogic, James Johnson, Deion Waiters. Like some combo of that? Because Chris Paul's going to make 41, I think. Yeah, but because he's going to make that, I could tell you what OKC's not getting. They ain't getting a pick. No. No, no, no. no. So Miami they, doesn't have a pick to they, offer. They really. got to get flexible contracts. That's what they should offer. They make a good trade partner. There's no reason to bring, to me, and in my opinion, there's no reason to bring Chris Paul into the start of the season. He doesn't want to be there. He's not going to be happy. You're trying to rebuild. Just get the flexibility and picks with the money. And keep moving. You already, excuse me. In doing the math right and now, being able to move the money, not picks. Well, in doing the math right now, if you're able to move the money, I mean, if you're OKC, is this not a fair offer? If Miami's like, hey, we can give you. I'm looking at the salaries now. Goran Dragic. Um, What's he make? Eighteen, twenty million. Nineteen. Nineteen. Goran Dragic's nineteen. Kelly Olynyk is eleven point seven. With how many years left? That's what I have to look up. I with Kelly Olynyk, like Dion Waiters is twelve, and Justice Winslow is thirteen. But he's not. He's signed for a couple more years. That might get it done. But like, not all four of them. Three of them. Three of them. They. I'm sure OKC would want Justice Winslow because he's on a team friendly contract. He's young and Waiters. He's somebody that they could build with. They ain't gonna want Waiters back. (laughs) I mean, well, Russell Westbrook's not there anymore. But you know, Um, Dion Waiters has a player option. No, Kelly Olynyk. Excuse me, has a player option for 12 million next season after this year. So he's on an expiring. I would, but he might take that player. So Olenek, Drogic, and Justice Winslow probably gets it done. I do. Yeah, it. I do it. Yeah, I do it from both sides. Although I, I, I wouldn't want to give up Winslow, man. But if you're getting Chris Paul, then that you know, if you're getting Chris Paul, because here's the thing: you want what you want is you want Chris Paul, you want Jimmy Butler, you want Tyler Hero coming off your bench, and maybe even starting towards the end of the year, and you want Bam Adebayo. This is why they move Hassan Whiteside because they don't want to give up on Bam. Bam looked really good last year. I think I think this can be a potential like all star caliber big man. Bam at a bio. Well, if you believe that and then you add Chris Paul, even though he's getting up there in age. That's what I'm saying. Who could still run a team, right? The team could not be that bad. It'll be interesting. I think if I'm Miami, they they, they can make the move. They pro- it'd probably be better going after Beal, but they're gonna have to give up more to get Beal. Wins uh Bam at a bio could become even if Chris Paul comes through, right? And Chris Paul's going to be your floor general, but if Bam Adebayo, he's starting now, and he starts to become the guy you think he's going to be, Chris Paul all of a sudden becomes your third option, then your team becomes a little more interesting in terms of being competitive in the Eastern we'll Conference. See. It's going to be interesting. Back to Houston. Wait, Justice Winslow real quick. $13 million, $13 million, and then the $13 million team option. So he has three more years of it's organizational great, control. Contract. Yeah. So that's that's going to be the attractive piece. Yeah. Justice Winslow and anything else from those dudes that are expiring, any expiring contracts, that'll deal. get it done. That'll get it done. Ju- Justice Winslow and yeah. I, I think that deal's going to happen. I think something's going to happen with that before the season starts. I know that he would. Who knows? Wanna, it might happen right now. I would. I would. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I wouldn't look if just. Hopefully, it doesn't because we got to get this episode out. But look, Justice Winslow. I would do that. I would do Winslow, Drogic, and probably Olenek because you still have Myers Leonard. You still have Bam. That's not a bad little team. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden you have Butler, you have Chris Paul, you have Bam Adebayo, you have Tyler Hero still there. Deion Waiters is still there who can come off your bench and score, even though, you know, some people may uh, may not, not be Deion Waiters fans. It's Myers not. Leonard is there. Who I like. It's yeah. Not bad. Stretches the floor. Not bad. I think that could get that could be a second-round team in the East. I can see. There's, there's another. You know, it's still it, – we're still in July, but another trade could drop, and this is how crazy – 
the NBA is yeah. right now. Bradley Beal would be a great fit for them, but it's like, man, you just you you would have to. If I'm Washington, it's like, bro, I need Bam. Like I need oh, Bam yeah, in that yeah, deal. But but I was speaking to somebody who's connected with the Wizards organization yesterday. Oh yeah, and they are saying they're not looking to move him at all right yeah, now. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're really not. Which, not. Which, which I think is a mistake. I, th- I think Miami should look into Chris Paul in the deal that we said, even though I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't love getting him, but for that deal I'd understand it. And also Kevin Love. I still feel like Kevin Love's gonna get moved. That's a team friendly contract. We've talked about this on this podcast very recently. And he has Kevin 20, Love to Miami makes a lot of sense. That's too. what I'm saying. Now you're still gonna have to give up some things you may not want to give up, and Miami just doesn't have a lot of guys they can really trade other than expiring contracts, yeah. which would be good for Cleveland. I still also say Kevin Love to Portland. Still still going on that oh, as, man. As, a good, as a good destination for him. I would have said that before Hassan Whiteside, but now I'm not sure how they get that deal done uh, until February. That, yeah, I, but that could happen in but February. That, that, and that, that, I wouldn't Because by then, Nurkic is probably back. I actually, have, I actually have a better feeling that Kevin Love will be probably dealt closer to the trade deadline than before the season. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I, it makes a lot I feel of sense. bad, though. Because I think the market will open up a little more for him. That kind of sucks because he has to stay in Cleveland for another, what, seven months? <laughs> hey, he signed a contract. <laughs> the third season of the original sports web series, The Sports Walk, is underway. The YouTube hit is giving away a $50 Amazon gift card to one lucky viewer of the show or a listener of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Who knows? It could be you. All you have to do is enter the gift card giveaway contest. Look, it's easy, and there are multiple ways to enter, including subscribing to the Sports Walk YouTube channel, liking the show on Facebook, or following on Twitter or Instagram. For more information, visit the giveaway link in the description info for this episode. Good luck as the contest ends August 15, 2019. Back to the Rockets. Yes. Do... I don't think they're much better, man. That's what we were talking I don't about. Think this. Here's the thing. You <laughs> talked about the analytics. Westbrook does one thing for them, which is I think he, because of his penetrating ability, which is almost maybe a little bit higher of a skill than Harden, except Harden has the ability, I think, to finish and pull up for the shot better. He could create opportunities for other guys like the Eric Gordon, like the P.J. Tuckers around. I see the creation ability. However, you're taking two of the highest usage rate no, players. No, the two highest. The two highest usage rate <laughs> players in in the NBA. And you're get, I don't know how that's going to work. People were worried. But, hey, people were worried about Chris Paul and Harden sharing the ball. And they were, D'Antoni figured it out. We got to give him credit. He figured it out. Can this work? I see I get. I am concerned. As a Westbrook fan, I'm concerned about his declining shooting. I've said that already on this podcast. As much as I, I think he gets unfairly criticized in other areas, I'm just concerned about his shooting. Here, I'm just like, this team's kind of been predicated. Their thing has been shooting. Now you're getting a guy who's shown he can't shoot. What I do know is that he can get to the rim. Yeah. Could that help the Rockets? Because I kind of see how it could. He doesn't hit that many free throws, though. So, like, he's not for a point guard. He is well below average for yo. At the but free did throw line. did you ever see? Did I send you this article? Ever and he's got for some reason he's gotten worse. Like I yeah, remember, oh, early, but I was about to talk about that. Did I ever send you the article about why his free throw shooting has gone down this year? Mm. The biggest difference. So the NBA, you know, they had that rule to sort of speed up the game where you can't. Russell Westbrook used to have this routine where he walked back to half court. To gather himself, oh. to come back and shoot a free throw, and now you can't do that because you can't step away from the free throw. So you line. think that's the reason he dropped from let's see, eighty four percent to sixty five percent? Yes, in two there's seasons? a whole article on it out there, and he that's spoke nineteen percent points, man. But like, yo, like athletes are creatures of habit, and this yeah. is a routine that he's been doing. Your free throw routine is muscle memory, and even your walking back, and I had one. Back, is what see. you do. So it's what helps you stay in rhythm. And yes, I think that could break him down. And be, there's a whole article out there. I gotta find an article for What you was me. your free throw routine? Did uh, you have one? Three dribbles, spin the ball in my hand. <laughs> I had three a similar one. Shoot. I had bend the knees, two seconds, breathe, shoot. Yeah, That's I had a similar one. I had two, spin the ball, two, spin the ball again, bend my knees, shoot. I mean, yeah, that's very similar. I th- three is a lucky number, and I like everything in like three, so like that's why I did my three. I did two because I wasn't sure if I was going to use all ten seconds. <laughs> I don't think I ever came close. I think my routine really takes about like it's about seven to eight. My dribbles are slower. I'm like, Have, were you ever boom. called for a ten second? 10 no, second? no, no, 
I've used all 10 seconds before, though, because I've seen the official just, just, do it, just all do the it. way at the end. Yeah. And she's looking at you like, shoot that ball. Or he's looking at you like, shoot that ball. Now we've had she's. Yeah, I've had, I had some, uh, when I played basketball in high school, I think there was one, at that time, there was one female ref or a couple in the PSAL. So, yeah. So your uh, point about Russell Westbrook, though. Uh, yes. He's led the league in assists the last couple of years, but I don't necessarily say he's the best passer in the league. No, because he also, his assist to turnover ratio is not good. He and James Harden are like two of the, the two highest, worst assist to turnover <laughs> right. ratio. Right. So I'm like, and, and then I heard somewhere yesterday, I think it was Levitar's show also, where they said J- James Harden averaged one catch and shoot shot per game last year. <laughs> one. <laughs> because because he hasn't shown to play well off the ball. I actually, saw, it's funny, you know. I actually think Westbrook plays better off the ball than he does because he gets the ball and attacks right away. He can. Yeah. James Harden like dribbles around, yep. and waits, and maybe gets fouled at the three point line. See, and this is what you lose in Chris Paul. Chris Paul could stabilize it. I have a feeling Chris Paul is going to look back at this team and be like, "Yo, man, they're going to be so ISO heavy. They're <sighs> not. This. I just don't. And, and here's the thing, too. I'm not so sure it doesn't make them better." Even from a product of just Russell Westbrook fitting in with James Harden, I do feel like there's some element of look. They're childhood friends. They really have you know a lot of uh, brotherhood there that they established in their first three years at Oklahoma City. So they're friends, and I feel like they could figure it out. But I think it's more of a byproduct of the rest of the West has gotten better around them. Yeah, right. Houston was really good in the regular season last year. They had a high seed in the playoffs. The Clippers have lapped them. The Lakers have lapped them. I think Utah's going to lap them now, who they beat in the first round last I year. Think Portland's probably better. That's already three teams. And then Portland, who was already we, better, we're, is going to stay there. We're forgetting another team that everybody keeps disrespecting. Denver's Denver. probably better. Yeah. So, so th- like, all these other teams. So, remember last week when we were talking about in our last episode, I said there's probably six contenders coming out of the West, and Houston's the sixth one. They're still there because Denver, Portland, the Lakers, Clippers, and um, who's the other team? Denver, Portland, Lakers, Clippers, Utah. and Utah are all better. They're yeah, all better. I, I mean, they're dangerous. Look, I think Daryl Morey, he's a superstar chaser. They've clearly gone all in their stars. They don't really have any tradable assets. I think they still might want to think about trading Capella, Capella if they can. Yeah. It's a market for him. However, they're all in on this. Daryl Morey has shown us he's kind of with this, like, I'm going to just let y'all figure it out. The problem is fits matter, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Chemistry matters. We've seen that also in Boston this year. Mm-hmm. Dudes wanting to get paid matters. You can't just say, let's just put this collection of guys together and not care. I think that's something we should have learned about the NBA in the last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing is, like, I wonder if we'll learn this looking back on this trade. I'm not saying this trade is a failure. I think it's kind of a wash. I don't, I'm don't. i not in this hole. All we have to figure out who won the trade. But maybe leadership and ball movement matters too. Maybe you will miss a Chris Paul. I know Chris Paul lost a step. I know he can't beat his man off the dribble the way he used to, but dude still understands the game. He doesn't turn the ball over. He can still shoot. He's more efficient than Russ. Yeah. But we'll see. Do it you, doesn't matter. I'm still excited about it. Do you, yeah, yeah, no, me <laughs> like, too. I'm still excited oh, about it. Oh, this is going to be a lot of a lot of content to get off. Now, do you think are you where do you where are you with James Harden's leadership? Like, because now this is essentially turning over the leadership okay. to him if it wasn't there already. Yo, where I am is you got to start leading and getting it done. You've mm-hmm. kind of got to pass all this time, right? And you kind of had Chris Paul there because Chris Paul's supposed to be the more vocal leader running the team. Then you guys apparently clashed and you don't, you didn't like, you know, he didn't like what you were doing and you didn't like whatever. Now it's kind of on you. Hmm. Or is Russell Westbrook kind of going to come in and be the leader? Oh, the thing is, here's the thing. Guys have, se- have, guys have said, teammates have, there's teammates obviously Russell has clashed with, but guys for the most part have, guys liked have yeah playing with him yeah. because he's a gym rat. He comes in. He works hard. These are things you can't say. And he say plays about. hard. He plays hard. Nobody can take that away from Russ. Right. Which is why I think the whole Paul George not wanting to play with him stuff is overrated. I think mm. it's extremely overrated. Okay. Dude. <laughs> Paul George. We, we already, we already yeah, did yeah. this. Paul George came back for him. <laughs> and there's apparently no beef. I don't think he left because of that. No, I don't think so. But, but he didn't stay either. We ain't got to get into whatever. it again. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Look, man, you got to give you got to give Russ credit where it was due. He got due to come back to OKC after a year playing with him. And he didn't choose and Paul George didn't choose to go play with LeBron. Look, I want to like Russell Westbrook's game more. It's just he Look, this this trade you know, I, it comes down to this. This I don't trade have a does not with the people that don't like his game. This trade doesn't work if he can't shoot. If he if he's going to stay the, le- the shooter that he is, That's fair. if he's going to stay the shooter that he is at the three-point line, at the free-throw yep. line, even in the mid-range area yep. where he used to make that mid-range shot that all the my, time. That's his bread and butter. Yeah. But here's the if thing. If that if that if none of, if he if he doesn't get that right, 
then that's but it. But here's the thing. You're right. And what evidence do you have to believe from an aging player? Generally, your shooting does not get better with age. That's unless, why I think athleticism un- is overrated. Unless unless <laughs> you are already a great shooter. Yeah. Right? A guy like Steph Curry, sure, Steph Curry's handles and his quickness and speed and athleticism is going to decline as he gets older. However, the good thing about Steph is, or a guy like Klay Thompson, they're already elite all-time NBA shooters, and they've proven you can play those guys off the ball. So as they get older, they're going to be fine. It's why Ray Allen was fine. It's why Reggie Miller was fine. Yeah. As they got, like, of course, they were never the same as they were in their prime. But they could but still, they still get shot at yeah. a very high rate. And they could rate. still get open. They could still get open. Steph Curry's going to be, he can shoot open threes at 40 years old and knock them down. He can right. get open, create that space. 37 year old Ray Allen open scared you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and, and as a fan, yeah. you still felt like, oh, yeah, it's still going to go. Not right. even, he, sca- he scared me right to the end. Like, he scared it, me now if he steps on the court. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if you're. You know the old saying, once a shooter, always a shooter. Russell Westbrook has never been a shooter. That's what concerns me about And this. then he had an uptick in his career where he was actually shooting better and being more efficient, and that, that was up to two years ago. And yeah. then all of a sudden, this change and change, and then last year, drastic change. And I think what bothered me more with him was the free throw line. That's mm. the more concerning thing. I talked about the routine. There's a good article. I'm forgetting who wrote it for ESPN, but there's a good article on that about the reason his, like, Free throw shooting, not his three point and from shooting from the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reason that's gone down, if you're if you're a guy who we're saying still is elite at getting to the bucket, well, when you don't finish and you get fouled and you're shooting sixty four percent or whatever he did from the line, that ain't gonna cut it. Yeah. Especially with a guy supposed to have the ball in his hands at the end of games, you were James Harden. The thing about James Harden is, if he gets fouled, I can count on him to hit free throws. Oh right? yeah. Based on last year. Can't count on Russell Westbrook. And and with Russell Westbrook, too. The year you're referring to is two years ago where yep. he averaged over 31 points a game. He shot 34% from three, attempting a little over seven threes a game. So I actually don't have a big issue with that. That's the best he's ever shot from three. It's not great. It's not great at all. But It makes somebody put a hand up. Right. That's that's something you have to defend. Now, if you're shooting 29% from three, which he did last year, and just under 30 the year before, I'm leaving you open, bro, especially if you're taking five-something threes a game. And I think that's where this can get interesting, right? What if Russell Westbrook tones it down? What if he's not shooting five, six threes a game? What if he's shooting maybe three, right? And he's maybe hitting one a game, so he's hitting about 30%. And he's attacking and stuff like that? I can live with that if he's making free throws. You could. However... Is he in the coaching situation for somebody to tell him to do that? That's not what D'Antoni tells you to do. Well, yeah. D'Antoni is telling you shoot Fair. the three. Yeah. Right? Like, if he was he, in that's Miami. That's why they got rid of Melo. <laughs> if, he was in, if he was in Miami. I want Melo to go to Miami, by the way. Forgot to mention that. If Chris Paul goes there, I want Melo to go to Miami. <laughs> I want to see Melo play again. I just, I'm starting to get worried more and more. I don't know if he's going to play again. Oh, you see what Chauncey Billups said? I saw that. Oh, yeah, I don't we know. Should, we should probably get into that. Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll, 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 I'll we, find the Chauncey Billups sound. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up this well, Russell yeah, Westbrook. I, I, I mean, I just don't know with Westbrook if this is the place where he's going to actually be able to tone it down. Because like I said, this coaching staff and this style that D'Antoni has encourages you to shoot. Um, but is D'Antoni, is D'Antoni also going to say, hey, you're not the guy that should be shooting this. We're going to put you in the Capella role where we don't want you shooting this. Maybe... Maybe he's going to say to Westbrook, you need to attack more. And and I actually think the thing that you're pointing out is actually the thing that good coaching should tell him to do. Give me three threes a game. Good looks. Don't force these threes. Attack the rim. Create opportunities for other guys. You're still one of the best at getting to the rim in the league. Mm-hmm. You can finish. When you get under there, if guys are open, you can still be efficient enough with your passing to get it done. I think if if somebody can get Westbrook to just slow down a little bit in terms of taking care of the ball and shooting less threes, I think then he could become highly efficient for what he is. Yeah, He's never going to be a great shooter, but he can become highly efficient for what he is. Will that happen? I, I don't, don't know. know. I think there's a point where everybody can change. Yeah, I agree. Has that point passed for Westbrook? I don't know. He's going to be 31 in September. Is I the think. point for him now where he is in his career? Probably. It should be. It should. Now's the time. You got traded. You're going to be in a situation where you're with James Harden. That's your boy, you know. It's going to be interesting. Do I think they're better, much better than they were before the trade? I think they're still one-and-done team. Two at best, but one-and-done. I happen to agree. Yeah. 
new podcast alert. Life coaches Marguerite Pierce and Lindsay Jackson are bringing a rich blend of laughter, love, and wisdom to their podcast, Necessity. The pod seeks to reestablish the basic tenets of self-love, self-confidence, goal accomplishment, and the ability to love life on your own terms. Necessity is available on all major podcast platforms, so grab a cup and listen up as two coaches are on a mission to shift perspective one sip at a time. All right, Chauncey Billups, before we get into this Damian Lillard stuff that we really want to get into, and I'm saving stuff for that because we have a lot of sound we got to play, Chauncey Billups had some interesting comments about Carmelo Anthony, his boy, and uh, we're going to play that courtesy of Sirius XM NBA Radio. I'll tell you what, it's so crazy. I feel bad for Melo, and here's why. Melo was like a good teammate, man. Like, yeah, it's great Melo practiced every day. He didn't miss any games. Now, the only thing I will say and I've even told Melo this, scoring 30 meant too much to Melo. Mm. It meant too much because he could have games where he had 20-22, we win the game, and he's mad. He might have 36, and he's in there, you know, we lose the game, and he's in there picking everybody up. Scoring 30 meant too much. But I think now you look fast forward to tape, and the reason why he's not in the league because he's still worthy is he hasn't mentally taken that step back to say, step back I'll come in and play against backups I, I'll try to help the team out I know I might not be able to close but I just want to help so the last part of what he said right there is the part that I've kind of agreed oh I agree with everything he said but yeah the last part about taking the mental step back from Melo and reducing his role and realizing I come off the bench I could be a scorer if Melo was playing right now, put his mind to it, and was like, I'm going to come off the bench and be the best bench player there is, he could win a six-man of the year if he wanted to. Still. Yeah. Because he can still get buckets. Yeah. I believe he can still get buckets, right? I First of all, I'm going because there's going to be a group of people out there going to be like, yo, Chauncey Billups is going to come out and say this. Key thing Chauncey Billups said in that whole thing was like, I've already told Melo this. Yes. So if he said yes. this to this man's face, which I believe Chauncey Billups did because yeah. he seems like the kind of dude. Yeah. He don't seem like the kind Mello of Melo hasn't come out and said otherwise. So. No, he doesn't seem like the kind of man that's going to be like, oh, I'm going to say this on serious radio, but I wouldn't have said it to your face. Right. I respect that. Everything he's saying is right. Had Melo, if Melo had accepted this role, whether it was in Houston, whether it was OKC. There's a number of teams he could do it on right now. Right. And maybe if he went to the Lakers, which I still think is a possibility. Lakers, Miami, Heat. Heat. In, embrace the bench the role. You might not close. Like he said, I th- – no, stop <laughs> it. I'm trying to slide that one in. Stop it, man. You got to stop. I know you don't want to be <laughs> No, I just think it's, I'm not an anti-Mellow person. No, I it's just the Mello. fit. Just the fit. No, you don't it doesn't make sense for what the Knicks sense. are no, trying Mello, to do. No, Mellow, go do your thing. I want to see you win a ring. I Trust me, I do. Oh, man. Go, go do your thing, bro. You can do it. I think that's the thing. I think Chauncey's speaking right. It's about can he accept a role of coming off the bench. You don't have to be the man anymore. And you know the reason Melo can't close or Melo can't be in alliance or he has to play off the bench? You've never committed to defense. Mm. That's the thing for Melo. He is not committed to defense, and that's the issue. I think Chauncey didn't add that to. But I do find it interesting if, you're, if, if it was true that he was so concerned with scoring and happy when he scored 36 and they lost – but not happy when you score 22 and they won, that's a problem. Yeah. Like, at some point you have to realize, I know it's hard when you're an aging star. You're not that dude anymore, though. Yeah. You're 16 years in, 16 years in. And last last year, nobody thought probably before the season that, oh, this league is going to just move on smoothly without Carmelo Anthony. But it has. Yeah. He's completely forgotten about now. Yeah, does anybody like like we were just talking about it? Like I kind of forgot you. Were like oh, like he could go to Miami, and I was like oh shoot, there's still a possibility Melo could play, and that's not yeah. even no shade to Melo. Like I've kind of forgotten about the possibility of him actually playing because it's do not think- being it's not just being discussed. And it's with me, it's interesting because I know he and LeBron are tight. The whole banana boat crew, Chris Paul, whatever. I'm I'm thinking, wouldn't he want to play with LeBron and with the Lakers? Wouldn't that isn't that something that's very possible? It's feasible? Is that over LeBron's head. I don't think so. I feel like LeBron could have made that happen by now. You know what I'm I mean, saying? I, it wouldn't shock me because they still have two roster spots left. The Lakers do at the time of recording this podcast. So it wouldn't shock me if uh, he comes on on a but veteran's they, but, minimum. But what I'm saying is like they could have did that last year. Why hasn't it happened? Like last year, even when they were getting Lance Stevensons and you know the, the, the Rajon Rondos and Tyson Chandlers of the world, they couldn't get Carmelo Anthony? 
So I find that interesting. I'm like, does LeBron not want to really play with him? I, I wonder how much it is to like. Or at maybe that time last year, people didn't know if he accepted his role. Look, that's the thing. Maybe Le- maybe Melo just hasn't accepted it, and LeBron knows what Chauncey Billups knows, and he's just like, yo, it's just not a great fit here. Fit here, maybe. Melo is going to have the opportunity. He's got to be calling teams. His agents, got, his agents got to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. But if he sits down with a team right now and they sit across from him, you know they're going to ask him first things. Be like, yo, man, can you come off the bench? Are you willing yeah. to come off the bench? Now, is Melo going to say that? Are you willing to play 15 to 20 minutes a night? We need you to stretch the floor. Mm. We need you to lead the second unit and your face is like you don't believe it you don't believe that he could even say yes no because it's and it's not again it's not a knock on him look but, at your face you but, can believe it but it's like yo if he, if carmelo anthony still believes he is that carmelo anthony then the answer is no but who's gonna tell him that yeah i know I, you feel like lebron could be that dude yeah because it look i see the fit with la with the lakers i do I see the fit there. Although I still kind of see in yeah, Melo's mind, like, I yeah. see in Melo's mind, he probably thinks he's at least the third best player on that team. He's not. Which some people might argue is still the case. I don't know. But I'm like, yo, third best player on the team means I should be starting. <laughs> LeBron's playing point now. It's not what's best for the team. It's not. He has to understand It's that. not. I don't think, look, is he better than Kyle Kuzma right now? No. Probably not, given that's, how much time away. But in his mind... <laughs> Is his mind? Who the hell is Kyle Kuzma? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I feel who's like Danny Green really? Somebody's got Demarcus to Cousins can't even walk. What are you talking about? But Demarcus Cousins. That's what he's saying. Demar- in the, that's he, what he's saying in his but mind. He needs maybe to look at that and be like, Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> We're just joking, guys. Demarcus Cousins is willing to accept his role, and however that might be off the bench or starting because of injuries. But he's accepting a role. You don't think it's tough for Demarcus Cousins? Oh yeah, yeah. He no, was but, Demarcus Cousins. But, I'm, but he's like, I'm boogie. I was giving people buckets in the post and. I can't jump the way I used to, but he's still accepting his role. Yeah. So I think, look, I would love I would love to see it, it with the Lakers. Here's another team I would love to see him with. Who we just who we just talked about, we're still gonna talk about. The Portland Trailblazers. Oh, yeah. I always thought that they was a good fit need, for him. They need another scoring uh, wing. That could accept a 15, 20-minute role <laughs> and give buckets off the bench. Let me look at this Portland roster since we're about to talk about some Trailblazers real quick. No, I think that Portland <laughs> would be a good fit. It, it doesn't matter about who the fit is. It really comes down to will Melo accept this role. I said Charlotte last year. But n- not this year. Not this year. I said Charlotte last year because I was like, yo, for the love of God, somebody go to fuck. Go to Charlotte. <laughs> That's your disdain for Charlotte? You want to curse? <laughs> I almost did. To to I almost did. I almost did. Somebody go. We don't got to put the explicit tag yet. Yes. Uh, I was like, yo, somebody go to Charlotte and help poor Kemba Walker with Jeremy Lamb and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Except, no, except nobody's players. thinking about that now. I was like, yo, because remember what I was saying that with Carmelo Anthony could have went there and, Ke- and Enos Cancer when the Knicks were going to buy him out? Yep. I was like, they could have been the second or third best players. They could have. They, they, they would have went to the playoffs. They would have yeah. definitely went to the playoffs. See, that would have been a bad place for to me now. I think back in hindsight for Melo to go because that's a place you go and Melo still thinks that he's that dude. Oh, and look who's there. Michael Jordan, his yep. boy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not, not, not a good fit. He's been Jordan Brand he all need, life. He needs to go someplace where he can be in the role and he be checked. That's why I feel like L.A. Portland. Would, Portland would be perfect. I trust Portland's culture. I trust Damian Lillard as a leader. I trust C.J. McCollum as a leader, too. I feel like they're both – they both have great I heads agree, on their I shoulders. I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, with – Yusuf Nurkic and Terry Stotts and everything going on there with Portland, I think that would be a great fit. And look, he's going to play over Mario Hazonia. He's going to play over Ken Bazemore, I would think. Like he's not going to not get minutes. There's a void there for him to, to for him to fill. There's going to be like him, Rodney Hood. Those are the forwards on that team. Him, Ronnie Hood, Hazonia, I mean, they, they, Ken Bazemore. They might, Portland might actually look around and be like, yo, our three wings are okay. Like we're fine. Like that's actually not well, bad. Well, well. Or, look, we have no reason to believe that the resolution with Melo is going to be solved before the season. So if Portland looks around in January and it's not really working out, or if they have, God forbid, an injury or two, yeah. might want to give Melo a call. I think right now they're going to stand pat, but I feel like Lakers are a good option. Miami also wouldn't shock me. Um, but I'll tell you what, who, who's not going to put up with BS? Miami. Yeah. That culture is not going to put up with it. Yeah. They ain't going to put up with that. They'll be like, you're going to come here and play this role. Oh, you're not? Bye. Yeah. Be, that's what's gonna happen. So this the thing for Melo is there's limited options, bro. Mm. You gotta accept what it is, play the role. You still can be great. It's just in a different way.
Jetpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Back to Portland. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard uh, <laughs> responding to Shannon Sharp's comments. Shannon Sharp uh, has some things to say on Undisputed. We don't really watch Undisputed like that up here, so we just found this on social media. I don't at all. No disrespect. <laughs> no disrespect, because uh, you know we like. I, mean, I like Shannon Sharp. We like some of the people that's been on the show. It's just yeah. I know I just I don't even watch first take like that. So first two is uh, not going to be on my watch list. So Shannon Sharp's comments on Damian Lillard. When last time Dame Lillard took less than the max? So what Dame Lillard is going to be is a guy that's going to make probably $400 million with zero titles. Mm. He's going to be one of the richest players in NBA history with zero titles. Nobody remembers a guy that made a bunch of money playing sports. Only if you won titles, Dame. Yeah, uh, so there was that. And then Shannon Sharp also had some more to say about Damian Lillard later on because this is a two-minute sort of uh, thing, so we're not going to play the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But here's, here's the rest of what he had to say. Oh. It's a different time now. You're not going to win a title, bro. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be very, very interesting, Skip, to see this, how this plays out. Now, I want to know how much longer they're going to keep giving out these max contracts to Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum with no championships dividends being paid on mm -hmm. that. And they're going to have to make a decision. Be careful, Dame. Hmm. And Nazir Little, a new teammate of Dame Lillard. So... Had a response I, I, to I will that. note that the second point of what Shannon is making, I do think it's a fair point, but we'll get to that. And Nazir Little's uh, response, he said, I want, this is on Twitter, this is yesterday, Friday. So Friday for those of you who are not listening on Saturday, and which is impossible because it's not out Saturday. Anyway, uh, yeah, Nazir Little, like Nazir Little, uh, I want y'all to peep, no matter how successful you are in what you do, people will go to any length in order to devalue, devalue you, know your own worth. That's what he said. You should always know your own worth. Yeah. We and talk then, about that on this podcast. And a lot. then we had Dame Lillard yeah. responding to uh, Shannon Sharp, in which he pretty much said, if I'm forgotten, I'll be a rich forgotten MFer. <laughs> <laughs> Short and sweet, which is yeah. very typical. He also said he also said he doesn't believe he be Shannon Sharp. He doesn't believe we can win. Just like many others, which is fine. I think we can, but I'm not jumping ship. He's saying I don't want to win. Yes, that's so his big his consistent point that he's told Chris Haynes on his podcast. Right, that he's been saying is like I don't not believe I'm gonna win in Portland. I just think that I don't have to leave to win here, but I'm also gonna like keep it stable here and try to win here. There's a lot to unpack with this whole thing. First of all, the point about the money, right? Mm -hmm. And him being a $400 million accrued player that never won anything and he'll be forgotten. People that have earned a lot of money in the NBA and were great players and didn't win championships are not forgotten. Have you forgotten about Patrick Ewing? Nope. I love PE33. Did a lot from the Knicks in the child in my childhood. He did got to, you know, two finals. He didn't win. Mm -hmm. He's still a legendary Nick. Yeah. Uh, how do you think people in Utah feel about John Stockton and Carl Malone? They made a lot of money. They love him. They went to two finals. Especially there, John man. Stockton. They, they love they, him. They love him. They got statues outside there in the, uh, you know, whatever, <laughs> Delta Solutions Arena, whatever it is out there in Salt yeah. Lake City. They love him. Okay? Pe how do people feel about Charles Barkley? Tracy McGrady. Right? Carmelo Anthony, who we just talked just about. Just about could be one of those dudes. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to be forgotten if you had an impact on the game, if you are great. Especially you, if you have good character, which yeah, Dame seems to have. Reggie Miller. I know some of these guys, some people's arguments push back to me. You'll be like, oh, well, they're still in the public eye. They are on TV and blah, blah, blah. You know what? No. When I think about Reggie Miller, somebody says to me Reggie Miller, 
I'm going to think about what he did on the court. I'm going to think about him terrorizing my Knicks. When I think about Charles Barkley, I think about what he did in the cut. Same for Stockton Malone, yeah. Patrick Ewing. If Chris Paul never wins a title and makes a lot of money, doesn't mean I don't think he's one of the greatest point guards of all time. Carmelo's not really in the spotlight now either. Right. We still we still Everything is not in the titles matter. We do judge you on winning or not winning, but it everything is not just in the vacuum in terms of whether or not you will be remembered. People have remembered people who've lost. Okay? Yeah. Like, it doesn't work that way exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not like, oh, there's only the Hall of Fame for people who won titles. And I, I kind of feel like, and I don't want to put a whole bunch of words in Shannon Sharp's mouth, but it feels like he's intimating that Dame is just about the money. And I don't yeah. think that that is necessarily the case. First of all, I will also say this. Shannon Sharp, Damian Lillard, as black man to black man, I don't personally like the knocking down of another black man who threw his sport and who has done a lot for his community and Damian Lillard knocking down the money that he has made that actually can go back to help the community of Oakland where he's from. I don't think that's necessarily cool because if Damian Lillard never wins a title and makes $400 million and then still continues to go on and do a lot to, to help his community, he's not successful. Yeah. He hasn't done a lot. That like, counts for something. Yeah. It's someti- bigger than just basketball. Sometimes things are bigger than basketball. Sometimes things are bigger than what exactly is you do in your career. Yeah. I can do. A, I can never do another story in my life or tell another story about something as a journalist. But if I help other young people of color get opportunities to get in this game and do something, I've d- then I've done a lot. No matter how much money or awards I've won or whatever I've accrued, that stuff matters. Yeah, And I do think that needs to be said because it's not just about that. I understand that we judge people on winning championships in sports, and that's cool, but it ain't everything. Yeah, And so to some point, I feel like I can understand what Nasir Little is saying as well, too, and Dame is saying. The one thing I will say that I understand a little bit where Shannon Sharp is coming from, things are a little bit different, and I understand where dudes are trying to team up. It isn't the same old NBA. One caveat I want to add before I let you get in on this yeah. is one thing I think we devalue in sports a lot is we'll look at these teams like Portland. Portland's is a perfect example of a team because I was on this team with Portland last year. I was like, they don't do anything this year. We should break it up. Mm. There's something to be said in these smaller markets when you've made the playoffs for a whole bunch of consecutive exactly. years yep. and you have continuity. You know what those owners want? Maybe they didn't win a championship, but they're getting people and people fill the seats at the Rose Garden. That's a very strong basketball community out there. Um, They have some continuity. We've seen what continuity with tweaks can do to have a team break too. We just watched break through. Excuse me. We just watched a team win the championship who did that. They were continuous in the Toronto Raptors. They made a tweak. Yes, they went and got a top five player. I'm not saying that'll happen, but then they were able to break through. Continuity does matter to some degree. I think we forget that in today's society, and we always have to be like, "Oh, it's not working. We got to fix that. We got to change that." Yeah. In a way, I kind of root for Portland in that way. I hope that they break that mold of people. Yeah. We saw continuity get them to the Western Conference Finals. Some people are going to throw rain on the parade and say, "Well, they got a lucky draw. They beat OKC." Nurkic was hurt. No, no, no. Nurkic was hurt, and they still did that. They still they they beat a good Denver team. Yeah. In the second round, without Nurkic, yeah, in a fantastic series, it was probably one of the best series of the playoffs. Yeah, they went and did that. Game were, seven on the road. Yeah, now, CJ McCollum. Were they overmatched against Golden State? Sure, but that doesn't mean we should rain on their parade of what they accomplished. Maybe something is growing in Portland. They're deep now. You said you liked the Hassan Whiteside move. We just talked. We're gonna about get how, into that right we now. We talked yeah. about how on the wings they're deep. I'm just saying, like, I do understand the game is different and you might need that second star. Maybe Portland can trade. Maybe they get a Kevin Love like we've been talking about. Right. And Maybe that's what happens. The story isn't finished, man. Yeah. And that's to, all I'm and saying. to your point about continuity, look, that mattered for OKC. They haven't had a bad season yet since they've moved to OKC. And they've been constantly good every single year, even though they didn't win a championship. That stuff matters. You're a Knicks fan. You remember what the 1990s were like? I would, I would go back. I would sign for that in a heartbeat again. Like right now, if I promised you with this rebuild starting, like yo, over the next ten years, you're not going to win a championship, but every single year you're going to be competitive and you're going to have two finals appearances, a couple other deep playoff runs. Sign me up. MVP candidate up. as a franchise I would enjoy player. The good times. Like yo, I don't think everything needs to be based off of championships. And by the way, because it's hard to win. It's hard. Yes, it's hard to win. And look, Robert Ory is not better than Karl Malone. Like, we, <laughs> right. you right. know what I mean? Like, there's that also. Right. Like, Rob, I understand right. championships are quote unquote everything, but like, yo, we don't we don't really say that the dudes that win the most championships are the best players all the time. 
That's a good point. That's a fantastic point. Like it's like right. Steve Kerr is not better than Karl Malone. It's not better than John Stockton. Right. right. Like we He's know good, that they're great role players. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is Derek? You tell me Derek Fisher's better than Damian Lillard now? Yeah. And like, I don't look. I don't love the the super what how the supermax sort of handicaps the team. Right in terms of the salary cap, because it takes up what a quarter of your salary but I'm cap. I'm mad at the player for taking that money. Exactly, and with Damian Lillard, it's like, yo, if anyone's deserved it from any team in that city or and for any market, it's him. And I think his game is going to age well. I actually don't think that that salary that that salary situation is going to be as bad as it was in no, OKC I, and Houston. No, I agree with you on that. And I, and Washington, by the way. I, I just. But also, here's the thing with Portland. I don't know that they're not going to win a championship. How do I know that? I don't know that. Like, sure, on the surface, the Lakers are better on paper. The Clippers are better on paper. Utah, I don't know if they're better on paper, but they're deeper. I would say Damian Lillard is definitely better than everyone on the Utah that'd Jazz be, right that, now. That'd be a fantastic series. Oh, like yeah. To see that right now. Oh, yeah. Portland versus, ooh, sign me up for that. Um, but I would say outside of the Lakers and Clippers, Portland is as good as, if not better, than every team in the Western Conference. So if you're right there, if you're close enough, a couple of breaks in your direction, maybe Hassan Whiteside is better than we thought. Maybe he returns to being the guy that earned that max contract from Miami to begin with. Because I think that's one of the most underrated pickups this offseason, as we mm. just alluded to, mm. with Hassan Whiteside going to Portland. Yusuf Nurkic is not there, so Whiteside's going to start. Heard somewhere that Damian Lillard's cool with Hassan Whiteside. So for that, that might be a good fit. But... At the end of the day, they needed a big who can really, you know, work down low, can really just doesn't need the ball necessarily like Nurkic. He was giving you 15 and 10 a game before he got hurt. Hassan Whiteside will give you more than 15 and 10. If He'll give you some blocks. With Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum, Hassan Whiteside is exactly what they need from both the offensive and defensive The only problem with Whiteside is he tries to block everything and he gets in foul trouble a lot. If he can calm that down, he will be fine. I, too, like the pickup, and I think he's going to – you know why I think he's going to be fine? Because in Miami, he was getting paid, you know, his 20-whatever-million dollars a year. It's different now. And he thought he was that dude. See, when he comes to this team, Dame and CJ are going to That's be what like, I'm he saying. He knows he's not that dude anymore. We talk about culture as it relates to the Nets and the Clippers and yep. these teams that just hit it big. Portland has a really good culture as well. But nobody talks about but that. But nobody talks about that because they've just been consistently good. It's not sexy and it's not cute. You know that's what I great, mean? Like it, it doesn't make it doesn't make those headlines, and it's also in a smaller market. It's not L.A. or New York City or Brooklyn. With Damian Lillard there, I think Hassan Whiteside will get, for lack of a better word, in check. I didn't want to use that phrase, but I think people understand what I'm trying to say. And I think Hassan Whiteside is going to produce at a high level. Don't know what you really do when Yusuf Nurkic comes back. He'll be coming off an injury. You could bring him back slowly, and you could sort of address that whenever the case is. And maybe you want maybe you want to try to get Kevin Love on the back end. Maybe you just rent. Rent out Hassan Whiteside services and then make a trade in February. I don't know, but they've I think that's pieces, a good pickup. I think they've got pieces to do that. And like I said, we we always act like we know the finished product. We want to we don't crown people, champions. especially this year. Yeah, like now parody now parody is legit. A lot of no look. Everyone last year was saying Boston, Golden State, and Boston would win. A lot of people were saying that. A lot of people, had and we that. know what happened with Boston. A lot of people were saying they're going to be a sixty-five win team. I thought that they were going to be good, and look. Kyrie Irving, not what I thought he was last season. Here's the thing. You don't know. We don't. You don't know. We don't. Is there another level to Damian Lillard's game he can get to? Yeah, I think he could be a better playmaker, and I think that'll help his team. Is there another level that CJ McCollum could get to? I still think so. I still think so. Right, but we just try to box things in in the moment for what it is, and this team is stuck, and they can't do this. And Port- you, you make a great point about Whiteside and some other moves they made this offseason. Portland's had the flexibility to make and, certain and moves. And Nazir Little. Yeah. Nazir Little at like 25 overall, yeah. who was one of the best players in the draft. If the if the 2019 NBA draft happened in 2018, Nazir Little is a top 10, maybe a top yeah. 5 pick. But because he didn't play that much in North Carolina and Roy Williams, for whatever reason, didn't sort of unleash him, he fell to late in the first round. That is a good pickup for Portland. That is a rookie that's going to help them right away. Yeah, it's they're deeper than I think people are giving them credit for. I'm actually, they're going to be one of my teams I'm going to watch a ton on League Pass this year because of this. The problem is, hey, we, we talk, and I know we do this on this podcast, we speculate what we think is going to be and how it's going to be. Truth is, man, for all y'all out there, you don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We're just predicting, trying to say what we think, but we don't know how things are going to develop. Yeah. You know? That that that's that's it. Like if Dame Lillard believes in what is building there in Portland, 
I have no shame for that man for yeah. believing that. What's the problem? You know, if he knows, then he knows. Yeah. In the words of Pusha T, if you know, you know. Yeah. And, the- and, and, and if he knows and he feels that way and believes in the guys that he's rolling with. Right. Right. And thinks that they're building something, which is what he said. He said, stated before. I think we heard him say that on Chris Haynes podcast. Yeah. Then he doesn't want to uproot fine. himself. I don't think he for should others. be. I don't. I, I don't even want to use the word loyalty. I don't think he should be shamed because I feel like that's what people are doing for believing in his situation and betting on himself. I never have a problem with a person betting on himself, their mm-hmm. leadership, and their front office and what they're and doing. Stability. Around yeah. Stability. And there are moves they can make. They do have flexibility. It's not like this is not a team in a bad situation. I understand Dane will take up a lot of the cap pretty soon but their situation's not that bad and the cap's gonna keep going up we'll see we'll see so we'll see how that we'll affects see. them stop, McCu- stop point is stop acting like everybody you know we we don't all know yeah we don't we don't know we don't know what's in these guys head when they make these decisions we don't know why they do what everything is they do yeah if that man's playing basketball and he's happy where he's in portland more power to him yeah. i ain't losing sleep over and him. Well, look and again with hassan Whiteside, i'm telling you that is a dangerous team that is a dangerous team with him there yeah, and they, they got a taste of the conference finals. They're a year older. You can make the case for Portland. You can make the case for them, and it's yeah. not insane. Yeah, and with Whiteside, it's like he was playing, he was getting his numbers in Miami, but that was just a different situation. I think now with Dame Lillard and with CJ McCollum, people are going to see, like, oh, okay, Hassan Whiteside is being the guy who was that, the guy he was when he earned that max contract. He averaged something like 17 and 14 with like over two or three blocks, blocks or something. Game. Ridiculous! Yeah. I don't think I'm not saying he's going to do all that now, but he's going to be. Who knows? You don't know what his motivation might be, you right? We again, we don't know. And again, he's in a contract year. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people always motivated. A lot of motivated. Yes, it was 17 points, 14 rebounds, and just over two blocks. And the year before was 14 points, almost 12 rebounds, and 3.7 blocks. I'll tell game. you what, Portland was signed for that again. Yep, they'll sign for that, and I think he could give it to them. We'll see. Numbers. I think this is an interesting week for numbers because. There's a lot of players that Brian likes. Oh, yes. That fits into the mold of what Brian likes. And if you're an Ain't Hard to Tell podcast listener, uh, one, we appreciate you. And two, you'll know exactly who Dexter's talking about on this list. So we're going to start. I'm not even going to start with him. We're going to get to that later. <laughs> we're going to start with Nat Moore. You know who that is? No. He's a football player from back in the day. Mike Dicka, who we're definitely not picking on this podcast. Wow. Um, Why'd you even name him then? To say that. Wow. <laughs> Mercedes Lewis. Tight end. Yes. Jag- That's all you got to say about him. Played for the Jaguars, 13, right? thir- Yeah, 13 years of service and the Packers. 13 years of service is all you got to say. Doug Baldwin. Solid. Who I liked. Um, David Boston, who I liked when I was younger. And now we get to my favorite three. Jericho Kasseri, one of my favorite Jets. One of my favorite Jets as a kid before I stopped uh, putting myself through that. Santana Moss. One of my fa- I had a Santana Moss jersey. Me too. <laughs> I had a Santana Moss I had a Santana. I love, yo, another small dude, kick returner, wide receiver. Yeah. I but always like the kick returner, wide receiver. I, I went to pull up his career numbers. And then my guy. Which, Steve, who I love is one of my favorite receivers of all time. Steve Smith Sr. Steve Smith Sr. <laughs> First of all, this guy, that's my pick. I'm going to just come out. Yeah, and say, yeah, yeah, Steve Smith. yeah. I love Steve Smith. Tough as nails. Played almost all of his career with the Carolina Panthers, except for the last year with the Ravens. Yeah. Last two years with the Ravens? I, I think it was last two, two yeah. Two and Santana, most to be clear, didn't wear 89 with the Jets. He wore 83 He's, with the Jets. He wore 89 Jets. with the with the Washington football team. Football team. Yes. <laughs> I almost messed that Good up. Good job. <laughs> I, we, we do not say their name here on this podcast. Um, but we're going with Steve, Steve Smith, Smith man. Just great receiver. Uh, tough guy, strong little guy. Um, five eight, one eighty. Five eight, yeah. But he, but but Steve Smith was built, so he would or five nine, one ninety. Excuse yeah, me. He could take a hit. He was strong. He was tough. Good speed. Last three years with Baltimore. This man had, <laughs> this man had for at five nine, one ninety five as a number one receiver, not a slot guy. Yes, not the typical a, sort the of slot guy. Had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight seasons of a thousand yards receiving. Is he the best receiver under five ten of all time in NFL? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I Antonio see. Brown is five ten. Uh so Steve Smith, yeah, under five ten. Yeah, he's better. I I can't think of one. Almost fifteen thousand career receiving yards. Had eighty one receiving touchdowns. I mean, the, the this career resume is amazing. Hall of Fame. And look, in Carolina, where before Cam Newton, it was like Jake DeLome. Yep. But who were his really his quarterback? Rodney Pete. I mean. Cam Newton's the best quarterback he played with. Period. And Ben Flacco. 
Yeah, the best quarterbacks. That's not a great list. The best quarterbacks. And Cam Newton's really Cam Newton's really good, but he's not like you know accurate. He's not totally accurate. No. But like him and Cam knew when they did hook up sometimes, even some fade routes and stuff, oh, which yeah. he was really good at. Fade for, routes to five nine wide receiver. He was really good. Fam. I would always be impressed at what he would do. He was really good. Man. Yeah, and that's to say, like now football is different than basketball in this regard, because in basketball, five guys, you play offensive defense, you're more valuable. Football, you're a little more replaceable and you're a little more dependent on your teammates in that aspect. He did not have a great quarterback. And he still put up legendary Hall of Fame type of numbers. He's a Hall of Famer. There's yeah. no doubt. Even, even at 37 years old, he had 70 catches for 700, uh, 799 receiving yards. That's imp- And that's where he was more of a slot guy, but still, he was that's very effective. That's yeah. good slot work. Salute. Steve Smith, we salute you. Yes. All right. Episode 89, the Steve Smith episode. That is it for this edition. We want to thank you for all of your support. Uh be sure to subscribe, uh, leave a comment. Also, check out our link to our survey, our T Public Gear. We also have a new promotion that is running. Uh, add the random episodes podcast for a contest with Gleam uh, that you can uh, like the Sports Walk because season three of the Sports Walk is going on, and uh, you can get more chances to win a fifty dollar gift card from Amazon. So check that out. Also, um, vote for us, People's Choice Podcast Awards, Sports Recreation yes. Podcast of the Year. We'll put uh, a link to that in this episode. Podcastawards.com is literally the website. You just go and vote for the Ain't Hard to Sell podcast. You, nom- yeah. you nominate us. Vote for us. Register for free. Just nominate Ain't Hard to Sell podcast. That's it. We're vote trying for us. to win. We'll put the link in there. Yeah, we should win. And we're the best sports podcast around. And episode 90. If all holds up, God willing, knock on wood, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. We are not going to say anything about that. Woo, boy. Play, and I think it'll make some uh, basketball fans very happy. Yes. All right. That's it for episode 89 of the Ain't Hell to Dell podcast. Thank you for your support. Once again, for Brian Fonseca, I'm Dex Henry. Yeah. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.